What's up, Nidwele Podcast listeners? Stuart Anderson with just a short introduction before we get on with Sean Yeager. Kristen and I spent about an hour with Sean talking all things bikes, who he is and where he's from, and some of his uh, advice to all cyclists. He's so uh, wise and fun and uh, very strong. Grateful for Sean. Thankful to have him as part of the team and thankful to have him as a friend. Uh, hopefully you enjoy listening to him and, and hearing some of the things he has to share. This episode was recorded right after camp. We are grateful for everybody that joined us down in St. George and obviously very grateful for the perfect weather we had down in St. George. Big shout out to Jake Cook and all the time he spent preparing and planning and making that a great experience. Uh, thankful to have you listening. Hopefully you enjoy this episode and uh, we'll see you soon. All right, welcome to the Midwelli Podcast. Stuart here. Uh, so grateful. I guess camp is over. We're done. Woo! Yes. Yeah. Today on the on the podcast, I'm joined by uh, Kristen. You can see her in the video. What up, Kristen? How's it going? Beautiful co-host. And Sean Yeager has joined us uh, at his house. Just finished up at Lifetime Spin Class. What up, Sean? What's up? Man, we're just fresh off camp. Uh, we were just joking around about Jim Dunn. If you didn't get that experience, I uh, I pity you, man. I, I wish you would have had Jim Dunn in Pine Valley handing you creamies. It was a special experience. <laughs> There's moments in life you don't forget, and uh, Jim Dunn will be one of them for sure. So if, if you weren't there, we climbed to Pine Valley, that tiny little town up above uh, St. George, and there's this old man. I mean, that dude had to have been 80. Like a uh, plus. Yeah. Just in his side by side, John Deere, who sees us coming into his town and he goes and gets eight boxes of creamies and hands them out in the middle of the city center with open arms, man. He had no agenda there. He was just like happy to hand out creamies to guys in spandex. He was proud of his town. He was proud of his town. And his back. upside down boat. Right, his upside down boat that was a yeah. church from 18 something. So, so funny. Then he started into a first discussion, and the rest was history. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was good, and a cowboy poetry to top it off. That was awesome. Yeah. That's so good. You know, um, the best part about Jim Dunn, though, honestly, was that he jumps in his car after yeah. coming and visiting us and drives down the canyon just to say, Hey, guys. So that reminds me, I need to send him like a, I got to look him up in white pages. I got to send him something. That was so funny. Yeah, that was great. Well, if you, uh, if you don't know Sean, a quick introduction. Um, the first time I ever met Sean was at Lodija, which we're going to talk about today, how special that race is to most of the people on the team. But uh, maybe Sean will, will, will share the story, but I met him and Tim, his good friend, Tim, uh, man, mid, mid race, it was only my second race ever up there. And, and Sean was really the general, you know, he was managing P stops. And I just said, I'm sticking by this dude here. This is, this is my day next to Sean. So, uh, I feel we, we formed a really fun, cool friendship there. Um, he and Kristen met and, and rode together just randomly at the Huntsman 140, which connected them together where he let her spin with her almost for the full day. And then one of the most special experiences I've ever had, uh, I'll tell you about here about, um, that I shared with Sean at Lodija. Maybe, you know, I know he remembers it, but one of a, a really neat experience in my life uh, at Lodija with Sean. So anyway, welcome, dude. So fun to have Thanks, you on. Man. Thanks. You are just uh, the man. I mean, you, you used to manage your, uh, the Pavestone team, which we'll talk about, and just have the longest history as part of cycling. A um, lot of great advice. I love riding with you because you've got it all, man. Out it comes. It just spills out. It uh, Sometimes you can't stop it. I don't know what the deal is with it. but <laughs> You know, Kristen, I had forgotten about that. That was the first time we met. Yep. So here comes these two chicks, and they were crushing it's who are you with i'm trying to remember so chelsea and i wrote it solo that year like none of the dwellers wrote it okay we had gotten to the turnaround in delta maybe yeah yeah well uh no uh, no eureka Eureka. yeah yeah yeah. and eureka yeah you guys the pavestone team was just heading out and so we got on the back and i remember I remember looking at Chelsea and being like, you stay on these wheels. We are riding these wheels all the way home. And 
I remember coming home and telling Stu I had never seen like such organization, such like follow through with the way the Peloton moved. And then you've got Sean, he's riding up and down the side, making yeah, sure dude. everyone's doing their job. <laughs> no one's getting left behind. Everybody's, I mean, it just made the whole day. It was awesome. Hold so, on. What she didn't tell you is that all she could talk about when she came home was how beautiful Morton's legs were. Oh my gosh, right? Morton Peterson's like perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. His calves. I can't even describe them to you. <laughs> getting, getting behind Morton is rhythmic. It's amazing. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Yep. Beautiful experience. Oh, good. Yep. I had totally forgotten about that. I'm glad you brought that up. But what she's not saying is we were like, there's a part where we were kind of dying and we just let the, the girls take over for a minute there. And they were just pulling like crazy. It was awesome. Was so fun ride. good times for sure. So Sean's married 26 years, five kids, three boys, two girls. Um, so fun. Uh, we, I didn't know this, but you, Kristen was saying that you're, uh, they obviously came up through the NICA program, but you're a registered USA cycle coach. Is that, is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Do you yeah. have to have that through lifetime? No, no. I just started working on that because I, uh, I just, didn't know anything about cycling. <laughs> so I wanted to figure it all out and thought that was a good place to start. Very cool. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your background, Sean, kind of where you came from and um, yeah. I don't, just your history in, in Sean's words. In Sean's words. Well, yeah. Um, so as far as it relates to cycling and whatnot, um, I mean, I was always a high school athlete, did things in high school. Um but uh, didn't do much after that. Started getting fat, got married, got a regular job, and uh, played basketball all the time. Started having problems with my knees in my 30s. Um, and uh, after a few surgeries, a few ACLs, it was time to try to do something else. And um, uh, finally, I had one of the PT guys just say, you know what, man? Why don't you try cycling? You like you want to be fit you look like you you're craving the the uh workouts you're craving trying to race people and um i'm like all right all right i can try that out so i started going to lifetime spin and that was cool i i didn't know what it was i was a member of lifetime and thought to myself hey this is this is good let's try this out so i spun for a while just mostly as rehab and um uh, those that know Bryson Perry, he's kind of a local legend on, uh, he did some road racing, mostly mountain bike. Um, he's, he's a cool dude, but he was running the program at lifetime. A lifetime just started piloting a program for endurance riding. They wanted to get away from the traditional spin class type thing. And so the lifetime cycle club, I just happened in one day and, uh, Jen Nelson, if you guys know her, she's great in the community, a uh, real advocate for cycling and especially helping others get into it. She was great. She says, hey, come to one of these classes. Let's check it out. Let's see what's up. See how you like it. I started doing that and realized, okay, this isn't spin. This is something totally different. Dudes are showing up, bringing their trainers into the spin room and, wow. and uh, laying down watts. And I'm like, okay, this is foreign. What, what's up with this? They had these cool bikes and carbon rims on trainers in a spin room. I'm going, what is going on? Cameron Casteller shows up with rollers and throws them down on the spin cycle room. And, and I'm just blown away. I'm like, what is happening right now? And uh, so that was kind of my introduction to road bikes. And that summer, um, uh, I think this is 2011-ish, somewhere in there, hmm. um, uh, I had an aunt that passed away from cancer. And my best friend, Brian Burge, he said, hey, you know what? His, his mother-in-law passed away from cancer. He's like, let's do something. We got to do something. We got to get involved. And we're like, okay, what should we do? And he says, well, I heard about this Huntsman 140. And let's, uh, let's jump in. And I'm like, what is it? I had no clue. Didn't even have a road bike. And he said, and this is like March, April. And I didn't have a road bike. He says, yeah, it's in June. It's 140 miles. Let's, let's do it. It's for cancer. I'm like, okay, let's go. 
So we go down, we buy road bikes and I got a Roubaix specialized Roubaix for like 1200 bucks with, uh, I don't know, Tiagra or something. I don't know what the sets were and who knows what it was, but so we go on our first ride and we're like, okay, let's do 50. Then we'll do a hundred. So we go out for 50. We made it like 40 and called our wives. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, I'll never forget one night we, we were going for our first hundred miler. And this is like a month after we bought the bikes and um, Brian had made it. And I was like at mile 87, I called my wife and she had to come get me, peel me off the ground. And, and uh, I sat in the shower for like, 40 minutes and puking and it was just a nasty scene thinking to myself there's no way i'm doing 140 miles in a month but i worked my way up and uh we did it and then we kept riding and i broke my bike trying to climb parleys because i'm like they said you got to get some climbing in i'm like okay cool so what should i climb so i start parleys and so i start riding down the freeway and uh you know, I don't know any better. And I see this sign that says, don't go this way. But uh, I, I just keep going. <laughs> like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I guess I'm going parlies. So I'm riding up this thing and I'm standing out of the saddle. And sure enough, I cracked my frame. And so I had to get a new frame. And and um, and then we got to Lodija that year and uh, had a great Lodija. And that's kind of how it started. Nice. And so, I mean, Lodija for me and you, I think is a kind of even more than just a, a fun special experience. I mean, it's pretty sacred. It's a pretty uh, cool, the experiences and the people that are there. And a lot of the notes that we have written that you've written about what we want to talk about today kind of goes over what like life lessons learned at Lodija, which I love the way you approach the race. Uh, so maybe... I, I think it'd be fun to kind of go through your history at the race, what you've learned, some of the experiences that you've had. Um, Like you said, no need to go over like all of it, but I think the things that stand out are really, they're really cool. They're really special. Um, So, I mean, let's at least your first year, let's talk about first year. And then we got to talk about how you became the guy in the river with a bag of chips. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, yeah. Oh man. So, it's pretty awesome. It, like you said, Stu, I mean, super special, right? Because where else in the world are you going to show up to something and, and have 1,900 people all trying to accomplish the same thing? I mean, it's it's something else. But my first year, it was back when they did the fun ride. And um, because we were – this is back in the day when it was hard to get into Lodija, right? I mean – it's a lottery, but it was a legit lottery. Like you were lucky to get in. So we got in automatically because we did the Huntsman 140 and we'd raised, I don't know, like 1500 bucks or something each to get in. And we go about it. My bro- buddy and I are Brian and it's the best dude. We show up to this race. We had no clue what we were doing. And all I had done is I read some things. Some uh, people had posted about how you got to get ready. It's 200 miles. And you got to have, people that are ready to feed you and all these things so my kids my kids and I five kids right I got five kids and my wife my great wife we decided we're going to be ready so I'd read these things on Muset bags and and we're like okay let's have Musets ready and I had this extra bag with all these tools and one of my kids had the wheels extra wheels Uh, one of them had a pump Um, I had extra tires I didn't know what I was going to need. I had like a bivy sack just in case I got cold and had to lay down. <laughs> you know, who knows? So yeah, over, over prepared. I had no clue what I was doing. So anyway, we show up and this and the fun riders. Well, first of all, we're getting ready for this thing. And my family and I, we practiced in our circle. So I'd ride around and they'd be lined up. And one of them had a stopwatch so we could see how fast they could get me out like the pit crew. And my, uh, my youngest son, he was big into cars at the time. And so he thought he was Luigi on cars. If you've ever seen that, and he's, he's all making the sounds like changing things out. It was, it was awesome. It was pretty special, but we had it down to a science, man. So anyway, we get to Lodija and it's the fun ride. And the fun ride at that time started like at five in the morning. 
something oh, like God. that. I don't know. It was sick. I don't know what time it was. And uh, we show up and there's 150 of us and we leave and we all, we're all like have lights on our bikes and all these reflectors. And I think I had so many reflective pieces of equipment on me. I no one they could see me from the space station probably. Christmas I mean, tree. it was Christmas. Dude, it was full on. It was full on Christmas tree. <laughs> so we're riding along and and it's it's great. And we're doing like, you know, these guys are all jacked up on so much caffeine. And here's these <laughs> nobody knows nobody knows what we're doing. We're averaging like 29 miles an hour to Preston. Oh, yes. We're going we're going mock speed and I'm going, this is amazing. We're going to finish this in six hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm blowing out the times that I'd planned for. So fun riders can stop in Preston, but I, I was, we we're going so good. I'm like, I ain't stopping. So I kept going and, uh, pretty soon it's just me and my buddy and we're riding up, uh, salt river and we're by ourselves and, uh, I'm feeling great. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going. And my buddy's like, uh, I've got, I got something going on with my gut. I'm going to slow up a little bit. So I just keep rolling, keep rolling. And then we get down into Montpelier. Still haven't seen anybody, right? We're all the way to Montpelier and haven't seen a soul. And we can't see nobody we're with. My buddy catches up to me. We pull in. It's pit stop time, dude. My whole family jumps out. They're doing all these things. They had me ready to roll. One of my kids has clippers and they're clipping my lights off my bike. Cause I had a yeah. flashlight like wrapped to it and duct tape and all this stuff. And they're clipping it off and uh, they're taking all my stuff off. My wife takes my helmet off. My other kid wipes my head down. I mean, it was full on everything we could do. 30 seconds. I'm ready to roll. I look over at my buddy. He's got his shoes off. His Uh-oh. wife brought out a lounge chair, laid it out right in front of the feed zone. No. And um, the his brother-in-laws, they pull this cooler, like I'm talking igloo, two million gallon cooler. And they open it up and they've got pasta salad and they've got, I don't know, all this stuff. And they're feeding them all this stuff and they're pampering them. I mean, all they needed is palm leaves and grass, just feeding them. And I'm like, okay. I'm rolling out and he's all, dude, I'm just going to wait a while and take, take this in. I'm like, okay, see ya. So I start up Geneva, right? And I'm still by myself. Everything's going great. You're just solo. Dude, I'm just solo. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, I could win this thing. And so <laughs> first year, <laughs> first year, I'm going to win loaded. Yeah, this is cool. So anyway, so I keep going along I get over that. I come down, I'm hit, I'm heading towards uh, salt river. And all of a sudden I see a motorcycle official because we don't have one we're the fun riders they could care less what we're doing and so i'm cruising along and i see a, a wheel car and uh the one the race the race official they come whizzing by me and the race official comes next to me and he says hey uh the, the cat one pros are coming up on you just be ready you might want to move over i'm like okay cool he says are you in this thing <laughs> and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm, Dude, I'm winning in, I'm in front. <laughs> he looks, he looks at my plate and kind of has a little snicker and goes, good job, man. Good job. And he Thank keeps driving on. Yeah. Good job, bro. You're awesome. <laughs> and so I'm like feeling cool. And then that year, Cameron Hoffman was like laying it down. He had a solo break and he was just ripping and he goes flying by me and I'm thinking, Whoa, what was that? So he goes nuke and pass me. And then about, six, seven minutes later here. Um, oh, we got over salt river and I still hadn't been caught by the main Peloton of the, the fast dudes. And, um, we're, we're going into Afton. I get into Afton. My pit stop crew was awesome again. And right then all the pros come in. And that's when I saw the ugly side of cycling for the first time they roll in and they're just pissing vinegar. Oh, uh, keep it clean on here. Yeah. <laughs> they're just, they're madder than heck and like, give me my bag. Give me my, this, give me my, that, you know, my family's like giving me kisses and saying, good job. You can mm-hmm. do it. And these guys are yelling at their wives and everybody else to give me my stuff. I got to go. And so I roll out with these guys and not knowing I wasn't supposed to. And so I just get in their pack and we're going like 35 miles an hour towards Alpine and, and uh, I'm just getting sucked along. It's awesome. I'm like, this is amazing. 
And uh, the race official comes by and he goes, uh, yeah, bro, you got to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, hey, if you want, just get on the back and suck their wheels for a while. So I did. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I got on the back and got dropped somewhere along uh, the Snake Creek Canyon, maybe by Hoback. And, and then people started catching me one after another, after another, and packs started passing me. And then I realized that I wasn't all that, but. <laughs> but it was epic. It was cool. And, and I was hooked. I was so hooked. I mean, I got a, like a 1030 on my first year and I'm like, heck yeah, let's do it. this. Yeah. I crushed. I was happy. And, and, uh, so it was good. That's kind of how it started. So you've done nine, done nine now, nine races. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I watched you race year eight when you took third with those team real guys from Idaho, uh, pretty money to watch you podium, except when you passed me on Salt River. Not the greatest day, but I was excited for you. Very exciting. Um, I mean, we had a, I want to tell you about, I mean, the moment that I had with you. I mean, we'd really only met at, at the race the year before. I mean, that was the only right. time I'd, I'd yeah. ever really known. I'd known you here and there. But I was in the final um, six when my group was rolling through to finish. So we were in the, I was the final six and, um, I was in a different group than you that year. You, you were yeah. racing in front of me, like in the masters 35 B's, but you were in a different group. Right. And, uh, we had passed you in snake river. Like yeah. you were in, you I was were by in, myself. Yeah. You yeah. were by yourself in the Canyon and I, we passed you. And, um, as I, approach the final maybe six miles to the finish my front tire started going flat so i could it wasn't a flat that i was like oh my tire's flat i was in denial for a good two or three miles i was just like it's not flat i can make it on this thing like we're gonna limping in, I, <laughs> limping in. and finally i was like i gotta stop i mean there's i was riding on my rim i stop and as i pull out all the gear bag and whatever um, I'd only had it out for a minute or two, but you pulled up with your bike. Uh, we're not even in the same race. We're not in the same kit. We're not on the same team. We, I mean, we weren't, we weren't even that close and you instantly just took your front tire, the whole thing off and handed it to me, gave me a push and said, just go bro. Like go catch them. And you fixed my tire. You rolled in like with my gear and uh, I'll never forget only because the reason I want to tell the story is because in my opinion, that's the antithesis of what you normally see in racing. You know, someone who is thinking about others, who is thoughtful about what they can do to help someone else. And that Sean, I mean, that is your legacy. If you don't know that already, I mean, that's like the example of you as a leader that I look to that I love to ride with because like that is who you are, man. It's like, it's nature for you to do that. You don't have to think about, um, the other people that you're riding with. And I like from that time forward, I was like your biggest fan, dude. You're just absolutely just the man. I just love riding with you. And I hope everybody would exude that, that, I mean, that is just what to me cycling is all about. And I, um, if, I mean, if you want to share anything that you saw, you probably saw it different. You were probably like, Oh, this sorry sap. Like, <laughs> no, dude, no, it was, that was a, that was a crazy, crazy race for me. I, I prepared well that year and, um, and I'd gotten a flat, I made the break. And so there's five of us and, and I, I knew I had a top, three because i i kind of gauged everybody felt real good about the race and about five miles out of uh alpine i get this flat tire same gig and i'm just like you got and i same thing denial you're like dude no can't be can't be i feel so good i know that i can be all but maybe one dude and and i'm like this can't happen so anyway i get off the bike and the motor cop was awesome he's like Hey, just be patient. Take your time. You will catch up. I watched you this whole day. You're good. You'll be fine. And what sucks is the, the uh, great state of Wyoming um, Highway Patrol had made our wheel cars jump us every three miles, right? 
And um, we love those guys. They keep us safe, right? But uh, at the same time, man, they were, I, I was not a fan that day. <laughs> <laughs> My wheel car had just left and I had put wheels in the car. So I was like, ready. Anyway, so the dude was super cool. He's like, just take time. You'll be good. But it just made me nervous. It took me seven minutes to change that stupid tire. But I was still close enough. And so they wouldn't let me catch on any group. So I'm by myself. And here comes Stu just killing it. And dude, you're you're higher in top six, bro. You were like, well, I, I was think with, you were like three, weren't I, you? Yeah, because I was with, well, I was with Toby. That was the year that Toby, Don, and his group. I mean, it was me, Welch, Toby, okay. Don, and um, and then uh, Sean Ross. So it was like. Sean Ross, okay, yeah. We were just flying along. We, went, we did the whole canyon together. And then when I started getting a flat, they were just like, oh, see you, bro. Like, <laughs> see you, bro. We're not waiting for this sap. So then, then you rolled up, man. You were right there. Oh, so I'd had, I'd had one of those moments where it was like, all right. As soon as I saw you pass me, I was like, yeah, dude, you got this thing. And then when I rolled up on you, I'm like, oh, man. I knew how I'd felt earlier. And I, did, I, I thought. Stu can catch him. He can get him. So, <laughs> but the only thing that kind of sucked was I go to put your wheel on and it didn't fit. Um, it didn't fit. <laughs> oh man. Well, your brake didn't, it didn't fit in your brake calipers. Calipers. It? Yeah. It's yeah. so, so like this, this neutral dude rolls up and he's like, Hey, can I help you? I'm like, dude, you got an Allen wrench? And he's yeah. like, sure. So he goes to the back of his toolbox and he's like digging around and, pulling out like forks and knives and uh, like yeah that's not an allen wrench bro <laughs> well, Sean, but it was awesome um i mean you got a lot of great stories from lodija um but i think it's fun if you were to share like how do you approach the race how do you look at that day i love your perspective on how you approach it so it's changed over the years um when I was really racing it for the first few years, especially when I realized I could compete, uh, I got pretty crazy about it as far as making spreadsheets. I would track everybody. I'd Strava hunt. I would, I would look on USAC to see what the rankings were. I'd see which canyons were close to mine, how I would do against them. And then um, I'd make this massive spreadsheet about everybody that's in my heat. And, um, just, and then I write them down on the top tube and just kind of keep an eye on them, watch from, for, go for the break. Um, so that's how I usually would do it. And especially on yours when I was trying to compete, but you know, it was, it was, uh, I think it was year two when I, and I was racing with uh, lifetime a little bit now, cause I, I learned some things from them and, and, uh, kind of knew a little bit more about what I was supposed to be doing. Um, that, uh, that's when I, I started kind of changing how I was racing and making, being more competitive. Um, and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. We don't know how much fun it is to compete. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's a serious adrenaline rush right there. But, um, so yeah, that's how I go about it. I just, I've always kind of done that. I've, I've tried to prepare myself mentally. And the thing that's always been my nemesis is food. Cause I, I love to eat and I usually blow it in my loadage of race. I mean, literally blow it like blow chunks somewhere along the way. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's different and it's changed because now, now I go at it a little bit different. We've done it so many times. It's more like, you know what? Hey, we just, we show up, we know our drill, we know how we do it. We know how we go about it. And I'm more about trying to, get to know people along the way to shrink the miles than, than I am about, you know, race face the whole day. So it's, it's changed over the years. Cool. Uh, anything that you did different that year that you took third? I mean, how did it, what changed that year? Uh, Don Larson and Toby, <laughs> <laughs> those boys, they're just awesome. No, I had, I, I went into that year um, a little bit different. Uh, I had had a, well, let me roll back just a little bit. 
I had a rough 2014, 2015, 2016 personal things that happened, uh, lost some friends to bike wreck. Um, and, uh, had some personal stuff happen in my life that changed up what I was going to be doing, how much I'd be able to ride. And, and then I had an ACL injury that I, I had a bucket tear that, so I couldn't race in 2015, but when I came back over from premier credit with Dustin Grimness, his crew to Pavestone with Tim Valdez, and we had a great crew like, like uh, uh, Kristen can attest. We really had a great crew. Those, those guys uh, worked together. Everybody cared for each other. It wasn't so much about uh, personal results as it was team. And I love that. That truly helped me um, kind of be a better rider. And um, that, that was good for me. But uh, I was sad because, man, I could not, I could not compete at the level I wanted to because of what happened with, with my injuries. And I started getting race face. That's what I call it, race face. You know, the guys that show up and just like, okay, I know I should do good. I know I can beat these suckers. And um, somewhere along the way, that's, I lost myself in it. And uh, I lost my joy, too. I started showing up and if I didn't get the results that I wanted, um, I wasn't happy. I didn't enjoy the race. And, um, I remember I was riding with Christy nation, Christy bolts now, um, just on a fun ride at lifetime. We're doing a, we're doing a ride and she just, she was big into challenge athletes and, and, uh, talking to us about paying it for pedaling it for was her name. She'd always say pedal it for, and, and I was like, yeah, it's, that's cool. But I, I hadn't bought in. And then I had an experience. Actually, it was Tommy Pitcher. <laughs> I was riding with Tommy one day and he starts into this. If you've ever ridden with Tommy, that dude, he's got some, he's got some uh, different looks on life. And um, uh, I was listening to him and he was just kind of jamming, vibing, talking. And, and I finally something clicked and, and I realized that, you know what, this is fun. Why am I? where did I lose the fun of cycling? Why, why did I, what happened? I don't even know what happened to me. And, um, through a few different things that happened in my personal life, I realized that kind of a key thing that I've kind of gone forward with from that point was once the results become more important than people, it's time to hit reset. And, that changed me. I did that. And uh, after that, I started enjoying things a whole lot more. And I started enjoying the racing. And in 20, whenever it was, when I took third, things came together because that whole day on that, I don't, when, when, when was that? 27, 2018, 2019, 18 was it 18. Yeah. Uh, that day it came together. I just talked it up with everybody the whole day and we got to Montpelier and, and, um, I saw the team real guys starting to put something together and I'm like, all right, I'll give it a go. And I just done point to point the week before. And so I didn't know if I had the legs to go, but, uh, the moment they went, um, I just dug in, I, I, I saw the break coming and, and I jumped on, it was on Geneva. Those guys are smart suckers, man. And uh, I jumped in, Don and, and Toby and uh, Sean Ross and those guys, they, they made the jump. I jumped in with them and it was hard. It was hard. <laughs> but uh, I kept telling myself, eh, didn't su- this doesn't suck as bad as it did last week at point to point. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, every time it started to hurt worse, I go, well, not as bad as last week. Not as bad as last week. And somehow I was able to stay on, started to get dropped, but Don can descend like a snake and descend like a mother. So I jumped on his wheel coming off of the, off of the, um, Geneva and caught on his wheel and we caught on to the guys and the rest, I was just able to stay with them the rest of the day, came down to the sprint. So it was fun, fun day. Dude, awesome. Any questions? You're quiet. There's so much you have to absorb. There's so much that Sean knows that he's that he's done. It's pretty amazing to listen to, actually. 
Well, one thing, uh, Sean, I love, and maybe you could talk about Pavestone. Um, I mean, you used to manage the Pavestone team and the, that group and uh, really involved with the leadership over there. Maybe talk about that, what you learned from being with that group. And um, I know you sent me some advice that I'd love to get to, but uh, let's start there. Let's just start. I mean, talk about that group you used to manage. Yeah, so Pavestone really started from Lifetime, actually, and it was it was a kind of evolution. Um, we started with, uh, basically, it was Premier Credit, but what happened was is uh, Bryson Perry, Creighton Lowe, those guys, they went to uh, Lifetime and said, hey, we've got some dudes that can roll. We want to put a race team together, and uh, Lifetime wasn't about that. It was more about community and building, building up uh, – a group and we got some big groups rides. I mean, the average rides one summer, two summers got to be over a hundred every Thursday. And it was, it was intense. The A group. I mean, that was, it was a race every week, old school dudes that show up. Um, all the OGs that show up for that. It just became the unofficial race of the week. <laughs> and, um, it, it was good stuff. I mean, everybody was showing up Ira, um, uh, Mike Underhill, stuff on the weekends, the races on the weekends, they'd show up on Thursday night, and throw down. So we knew we had something because there were some good riders, but we wanted to put something together. We, we found a sponsor. Um, that was Dustin Grimness's company, uh, premier credit. We did that for a couple of years. And then, uh, Tim Valdez took over, uh, with Pavestone and we kind of changed into more of a teaching team, if you will. And that's, and we just had this vibe of, hey, when we show up, we want to be helpful. We want to help people and, and have, be pretty inclusive um, to all. And, and it, was, it was a good gig. It really was. Um, it's, uh, you know, as all things, things kind of transition and move on to, to a point. But a lot of good life lessons learned there through them. Um, really enjoyed that. Great team members, uh, lifelong friends. Um, you know, I just, just guys that I really look up to and they helped me through some hard times too. When I lost my buddies in a bike wreck, they, uh, they got me back on that bike. So I'll forever be in debt for them to them for that. All right. So earlier when we started doing the podcast, I asked a lot of the team leaders to send over advice, you know, stuff that they would say to the team. Um, we kind of started that route when we interviewed Dave Sharp. And Sean sent in his advice. Um, should we roll into it? Kind of how you learn these uh, advice you'd roll? Okay. I'll read, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll read it and then you can expound. Is that a good way to do it? Perfect. Okay. So Sean's per first piece of advice is learn something from every, every cyclist you share the road or trail with. I strive to spark up a conversation with those I ride with or race with for any significant amount of time. Not only does it help pass the miles, but I've learned valuable cycling skills and life lessons from so many people who I never would have otherwise met. Anything from shifting a gear down prior to standing so I don't take someone out behind me to deep stuff that's helped me be a better husband, father, and human being. All right, dude. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, you know, I think going back to my second year at Lodija, um, we were laughing about this earlier, actually. Uh, so my second year, freezing year, cold year, right? We started out in the low 30s, high 20s, something like that. And uh, I just bought a bottle of D's Nuts Heat. And I put it all over my legs and my, up in my up right. It's I wanted it everywhere because I was cold, right? And um, so I, it kept me warm. And yeah, uh, this is... This in no way is an endorsement for this stuff because it was so hot. But uh, anyway, it kept me warm. But as the day went on, it got hotter and hotter and hotter. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me right now. This is not working. But got through that race. And uh, um, all I could think about was getting to the end and getting that stuff off of me because it kind of worked its way to the uh, northern region towards the uh, Chamois area. Yeah. Yeah. To the original where these nuts normal goes. So anyway, these nuts heat was in full gas. And, uh, so I got off that bike and I handed my bike to my son 
and I saw that freaking river and I just jumped in it and I just sat there and I just like trying to get that stuff off of me, trying to cool off as quick as I could. And um, I sat in that river for, I don't, even, I don't even know how long we started sharing stories and I started to realize how special Lodija was and how sharing those stories means a lot to a lot of people. So that kind of became the, the official, let's, let's uh, recap Lodija, you know, let's sit in the river and just chill. The next year after that, my, my family actually knows that year. My wife said, Hey, I'm tired. I'm going to the hotel over there. Why don't you take my chair <laughs> and you can stay here as long as you want. So she threw me the chair and I sat in that river for, I don't know how long, but I talked to a lot of people and, um, I got to know a lot of people, got to hear their stories, got to hear their triumphs. And one of the things that inspired me the most was uh, a guy that rolled in at 11 and a half hours. He got off that bike and his whole family's hugging him. And, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I mean, I've been done for three hours at this point. And, and uh, just to see that he had the same joy, if not more than I did for finishing that thing. And I'm like, that's cool. So I talked to him. I can't remember his name now, but uh, he was an older guy. Um, and uh, I haven't really seen him around since then, but, but seeing the joy that he had and seeing the joy in his family's face for his accomplishment, that meant a lot to me. And so after that, I mean, that's, I did that every year, every year, ever since. Um, so that's always something that's been special to me, learning something from people. Um, even this last loaded year that I did, I, I wasn't in shape because of a wreck I had and I wasn't even going to do it. But uh, when Randall Bowie passed this last summer, um, his his wife and uh, kids, they wanted to finish loaded year for him and asked me to kind of help him do it. And so I just nutted up or uh edit that sorry i just got on the bike and uh started pedaling and got through it and met him and it was a long day in the saddle uh, 12 hours or so to finish with those guys but it was special um but it was really cool too because along the way before i met up with them there's two guys two guys roll up and they're like hey and they just they had that look on their face like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen and and um this is awesome. What can you tell us about Lodigen? You know, they're attacking on Geneva. Is this when we go? I don't know when we go. Should we go? And I, you know those guys. And you love them. It's just the best. And so I talked to them for a good couple hours. And ended up a couple guys from uh, Taylorsville. It was their first Lodigen. They rode, they rode really strong, really hard. And But, I, you know, even them, I got to learn some things from them and so that's just kind of my gig. I just enjoy talking to people. I love it. Nice. Okay, Kristen's going to read the next one. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. Uh, advice piece number two. Give more than you get from the sport. Sean says, I have received so much from cycling in the form of friendship, community, mental strength, purpose, health, mostly. <laughs> most importantly, <laughs> opportunity to serve others. This last Lodija was a prime example. I had very little of the fitness required to, comp to compete, but plenty of reason to finish. Leaving Montpelier, I met two guys, friends who took up the sport last season and made a goal to race Lodija together. They reminded me of my first one, full of excitement and energy and having no idea what to do with all of it. <laughs> for the first few hours, they picked my brain clean of stuff I hadn't thought of for years, and it was a great experience for me to give back. Dude, and I, and I would echo this, that um, whenever we have something from Miduele happening, Sean is the first to say, how can I help? And it's just, dude, it is the best. Like you live this idea, you know, the cycling gives us so much. Um, anyway, so such a great opportunity to serve others in this sport. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's given me, it's given me more than I've ever given and, that's for sure. It's helped me through a lot of hard things and, and uh, hopefully just keep passing it along. Right. Yeah. All right, dude. Empty the tank. This is the best one. Well, I can't say that. This is my favorite. Okay. Number three. Do you want to read it? You got it in front of you? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, empty the tank. 
when did I write this? Oh, this was early on. Huh? Um, empty the tank and leave it all on the course. There have been many times I've finished a race depleted, falling short of my goal or expectation. At times, it's a wake-up call to train harder or change up my routines, etc. Although I prefer to have met or beat my goal times or placement, I still feel a sense of accomplishment and a path for improvement. I have also had the unfortunate experience of finishing a race knowing I had more to give because I was either weak-minded, lazy in tactics many times, or afraid of going too deep. And that's a big one, man. I see that. I saw that tonight. In class. I didn't, you know, I didn't leave it. Feeling that I didn't leave it on the course. That's a rough place to be. You leave a bit angry and disappointed. I'd much rather know I gave it all and left something left in the tank. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an important one. And that's the Miduele way, right? <laughs> when in doubt, blow yourself out. There you go. <laughs> nice. Well, I see. Uh, I I think we've certainly all seen that. Um, you know, in in group rides, especially at camp, and and watching you lead your group. Hey, well, let's um let's wrap up with you uh, kind of sharing your experience with Challenge Athletes Foundation. I think this is a cool thing to introduce. Uh, talk about the team and hopefully in another podcast, we will explore a new partnership with uh, CAF with Christy and challenge athletes. You want to just talk about your relationship there? Yeah, for sure. So um, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but Christy bolts, um, she's, Oh, I, there's very few people that I think more of than Christy. She is unique. She's a leader and uh she's genuine um and again she helped me through some tough stuff um unbeknownst to her but uh i was appreciative of her example but she introduced uh, this challenged athletes foundation right for uh, it's, it's basically the uh calf challenged athletes how does it go challenged athletes foundation million dollar challenge and what it is is they try to raise a million dollars plus for challenged athletes where you are able to take the money that's raised and help those that can't get into sport start doing something, anything, whether it be get them on a surfboard with through prosthetics or, in our case, cycling. Uh, and um, so she brought some athletes in um, to Lifetime one day and, and – uh, we did this whole fundraiser thing and a raffle and um, it was really cool. It was cool and it was very inspiring. And that was, I don't know, 2014, 15, somewhere in there. And um, I was really impressed with it. Uh, I got the opportunity. Christy asked me to be part of their team for 2018 to do the million dollar challenge ride. It's where you ride down the coast of California and try to do 700 miles in six days. And oh. uh Oh. Yeah, it's, le it's legit. Hey, and I, I'm repping today. There it is right there. So, oh. yeah, something else. But um, so we go down to this ride. So fast forward, I get on this ride, and it was, I'm not kidding you, life-changing. Life-changing. Cha when you get done with that, seeing Bill Walton, those that know sport, uh, basketball, old-school Bill Walton, he's a deadhead. He's a crazy man. Uh, he does his ESPN stuff, but, um, he's intense and listening to him and the passion he has for this foundation. And then you see these athletes that go above and beyond their capacity or what you would perceive as their capacity. Brandon Lyons, he was, I met him, uh, day one, I rode with him for get 80, 90 miles. And I was just, he's a Paralympian now training for the, uh, Olympics for and he's a hand cyclist and you'll have to hear his story it's it's inspiring this could be um but uh just meeting up with him was was something else i was just so impressed meeting him being inspired by him and all the other athletes along the way but uh all in all uh challenged athletes like i said it, it truly did change my life um, change how I perceive cycle, change how I perceive sport 
and just reemphasize the importance of giving back and, and finding a way to help those that maybe it's the first group ride and, and being there for them so that they're not intimidated so that they feel that they have a place. That's what I love about the lifetime opportunities I've had to, to coach there is because I, I was ready to give that up, man. I was like, okay, I've moved. Uh, COVID happened. The gym's shut down. Um, it's, it's way out of my way. I sure as heck don't do it for the pay. And, and um, I ran into uh, one of the people that was a regular attendee in, our, in my class. And they're mad at me. They were literally mad at me because I hadn't been holding classes. I'm like, dude, you heard about this thing called COVID, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it kind of kind of shut us down. I mean, but um, then I, I rode with them for a while and, and uh, got to understand why it was so important to, to him. He didn't have um, he didn't have that social structure other than cycle, and it was taken away from him. And then I talked to another person, and uh, she she had a similar experience and why it was so important that we had this cycling community. And so I decided to go back as soon as the gym opened up and was able to do it again. And, and I wouldn't have done that, honestly, if, because it's, you know, it takes time out of my time. It takes time out of my training because I don't get much of a workout um, except for tonight. I about killed myself, but um Generally, it's it's more about helping people in their form and fit and trying to help them understand VO2 max and, and doing those things. But uh, I wouldn't have gone back if it wasn't because of the experiences I had with CAF. They, seeing people give more than they normally would be able to, it's, it's deep. It hits you in a deep way. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a legit a legit cause it really is well i hope that uh in the near future me you christy and the challenge athletes foundation can kind of launch here with the team to do good uh together yeah. there's a lot of a lot of people that can do good for that uh organization and i'd love to hear the jamie whitmore story i think we should tease that out for next time when you got called out i told kristen the story it's a good story i want it unedited for the next yeah. one it's very good unedited Okay. She's actually, okay. She's used the phrase this morning on Zwift. She remembered the phrase and uh, out it came when she was ready to give up. So you'll, we'll tease that out for next time. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Gonna like, that's going to be part of like the Miguelay motto. Motto on the logo. <laughs> Just put it in there because every once it's, in a while you need that reminder. Every once in a while you need it. And sometimes in the worst way. Okay, cool. We will. Well, thanks, Sean. I think let's, uh, let's wrap up. I appreciate you your friendship, your leadership. You're just, uh, you're awesome, man. Grateful for every time we get to spend time together. Uh, you guys were awesome. Appreciate you. And, uh, the way you guys have reached out to people, it's, uh, that's, I can't say that enough, you know, reaching out to people and, and bringing people together, giving them an opportunity to be part of a family that maybe otherwise they wouldn't have. That's huge. So thank you. You bet. We want to welcome Jim Dunn into that family. Jim Dunn, 2024. Oh, my God. oh man. Let's get that man on a bike, right? Maybe we, <laughs> maybe what we should. That's a let's terrible get him like an, Let's get him an e-bike, and let's make, or he can just drive his Range Rover or whatever that thing was, the Ranger with yeah. the creamies, and we'll just chase him down the road. That's a terrible <laughs> pace. Idea. You can be like a pace car. No. Yeah. No, this podcast is derailed. <laughs> we are done. That's good stuff. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Nice. Good right, stuff. Dude. Thank you. Appreciate you guys.